Welcome to the Ben Armstrong Show, folks. So glad that you have joined me. Study finds vaccinated heart damage in young people. Yet 73% had no cardiac symptoms. You got to listen carefully to what that headline is really saying. These, these young people didn't know they had heart damage from the vaccine. 73% of them were not showing signs of heart damage. Well, what does that tell me? That tells me that there are huge numbers of young people with heart damage, and they don't even know it running around all around the world. And they're not showing any signs of it either. But that doesn't mean it won't get them, and it doesn't mean it won't harm them. And in fact, what the main point of this study was is that this damage that they were studying doesn't seem to be healing at all. It seems to be permanent. And of course, if you have a scarring of the heart, that is permanent. So that would be myocarditis. This is, this is really, really bad in this aspect. Think about the young athletes collapsing. What this is telling me is it truly is the new normal. What you see with athletes collapsing is normal. And in fact, it might continue to increase. At least stay the same percentage-wise of people collapsing. But uh, my assumption is that it will actually, over time, increase. Uh, because the, the heart damage and the scarring of the heart, as the older they get, look, it's, it's, it's definitely going to cut years off of these people's lives. It's just stunning that they don't know it. I also have a study, very similar, but totally different study, that Dr. Naomi Wolf will go over, and that is showing an increased risk in cardiac-related mortality from the vaccines. And this is a major study, huge study. It's actually a study of studies, if I remember correctly, what Dr. Naomi Wolf was talking about. The first study, actually, Dr. Peter McCullough brings us it. Before I go to it, I'm going to go to it right in just a second. I do want to thank all of you for all your prayers. I have been having some difficulties in my fight with cancer. I have weird situations that pop up. My fight with cancer isn't a normal fight with cancer. It's a little unique, odd, because of where the cancer showed up. Um, and, and then sometimes things happen I don't expect, and it could have been really, really bad. Uh, but thanks to your prayers, hopefully... I can't say 100% for sure, but hopefully what could have been really, really bad isn't really, really bad now that uh, I'm going to be able to get through it without it being as serious as it could have been. Well, I mean, it's still it's still serious. I don't want to go into details, folks, because there's way too much to explain. If I explain one little detail, then I'll get a thousand emails about and they'll think people will think they know the situation. Well, this is what you do in that situation. And that is probably not my situation. Just because I, I give you a sample of my situation is not my full situation. This is so some people wonder. I used to wonder why people were vague about when they have cancer. Why are you being vague about your stuff? It's too hard to explain when you have had when you've been battling for years and there's so many multiple things going on. I have multiple things going on, uh, but at the same time, I still have hope, which is good. Uh, I, I would have had a little less hope, but your prayers did pull me through. It did help, and 
I'm hoping now, now my prayer is, is that each day I just continue to get better from that. And then maybe that will transition to getting victory over cancer itself in the long run, getting victory in this small battle, which was could have been a big battle. You know, hopefully it just ended up being a small battle. Thank goodness. I'm hoping uh, I still can't say for sure, but if it does and it looks like it will be, then maybe I'll get victory in the big battle as well. Okay. That's what's going on with me. I know it's vague, but I, it's too much to explain. And I told you, I, I, can't, I just can't deal with having to explain to all the people that are so loving towards me and want to help. It's very difficult because I, if anyone is showing me love and reaches out, I want to respond to them. But then it puts so much burden and I have to explain the whole situation of why it's this and why I'm doing this and why I have to do that and why what you're saying sounds good, but this is why, or I've already done that. And, you know, I'm sure you get it now. I'm sure you understand why I'm being vague. So I don't have to deal with all of that. Okay. That's why. All right. Here we go. Let's go to Dr. Peter McCullough, because this is really important. Remember the study, this study uh, found that to me, the headline was that 73% didn't even have cardiac symptoms. They didn't even know. If they, if they weren't being monitored by this, they would have had no idea. But that wasn't the title of this article. Dr. Peter McCullough will give you it all. Take a listen. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough, and this is the Courageous Discourse Substack. Title, Growing Concern, Vaccine Heart Damage in Adolescents May Be Permanent. Hong Kong study finds 58% of COVID-19 vaccine myocarditis confirmed by MRI is not resolved at one year. Almost every day the news brings in another story of a young person dying of a cardiac arrest. The sickening realization that COVID-19 that COVID-19 vaccine-induced myocarditis could leave a zone of scar in the heart, risking the chance of ventricular tachycardia, ventricular fibrillation, and cardiac arrest at any time. Recently, Hulsher et al., have conclusively shown by autopsy that COVID-19 vaccine-induced myocarditis can be fatal. Now a Hong Kong study by you and colleagues have found that of young persons who had heart damage confirmed by MRI and who underwent a second scan a year later, 58% had residual abnormalities suggesting a scar could be forming in the heart muscle. 40 adolescents, mean age of 15, mostly boys were evaluated. It was notable that 73% had no cardiac symptoms. So without an evaluation, the parents would have had no idea their child was suffering heart damage from the COVID-19 vaccine. Approximately 18% of cases initially had reduced left ventricular ejection infection, indicating they were at risk for the development of heart failure. So I insert the graphical abstract from you and colleagues from Hong Kong. It was in circulation in our best cardiology journal titled Cardiovascular Assessment Up to One Year After COVID-19 Vaccine-Induced Associated Myocarditis. The authors point out that several other studies have found a majority of COVID-19 vaccine myocarditis uh, cases with abnormal cardiac MRI findings with abnormal cardiac MRI findings have not resolved at three to six months. Now the report by you and colleagues suggests that damage may be permanent at a year. Please share this important development with parents who have vaccinated their children or are contemplating with succumbing to school mandates. The shot may cause irreversible damage and a lifetime of worry and regret. Please subscribe to Courageous Discourse as a paying or founder member so we can continue to bring you the truth. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough, president of the McCullough Foundation. Um, and then I give the refer uh, references you, 
another paper by Schauer showing uh, the damage is not reversible. And then last one by Barmada from Yale showing <coughs> at nine months, about 80 percent uh the damage was not cleared up on MRI. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough, and this is the Courageous Discourse Substack. The damage was not cleared up, folks. And like he's warning, people are going to be going back to school. They're going to still constantly push to vaccinate your children. If you have children that play sports, the last thing you should ever do is get the COVID vaccine. It is the most dangerous thing to a young athlete, probably ever released. Statistically, it has to be. I I can't imagine anything that has done more damage to athletes than the COVID vaccine. It's an athlete killer. And if you have an athlete as a child, you are doing a massive, massive risk and disservice to your child. Remember this. The healthier your immune system is, when you got the vaccine, the worse the vaccine may have attacked you. Are you are you listening? The healthier you were at the time you got the vaccine, the worse it probably is for you. Young people getting the vaccine, it's even worse than an old person. Why? Because it's instructing you to make that poisonous spike protein. And it's telling your cells, and if your immune system is robust and healthy and it gets those instructions, it will make it much better than someone who's 80 who gets injected and their body's told, hey, make this spike protein. But it goes to a bunch of cells that are almost dead or not going to function very well at making spike protein because the person's old and some other good cells do, but they don't get as nearly as many cells creating that spike protein. And they don't get nearly as much spike protein spreading throughout their body. Understood? And then if you're not getting a whole bunch of spike protein spreading throughout your body, you're going to have less blood clotting. Besides, because remember, it truly is a spike sticking out of the cell, which will create blood clots. You can visually actually picture a spike in a cell. And they're, they're telling yourselves to create those spikes. So you would have more blood clotting as a young person at risk of that. More than that, if you're creating it, more will gather in your organs more on the the lining of your cells and more that your immune system also will react in wanting to attack it because the more robust your immune system is, the more it'll be like, hey, I've got to kill this thing, which can cause, guess what? The scarring of the heart, what we're seeing here. You get the spike protein in the heart, your immune system thinks, I also am supposed to, uh, besides I was instructed to make this, part of my body was, the other part of my body is like, I'm supposed to kill this spike protein, starts attacking the spike protein, attacking the cell wall of the heart, giving permanent damage to the heart. Now, when you're young, you might get that permanent damage and you're not showing any signs. And this tells me that more and more athletes expect high school kids this fall in football to collapse in basketball, in college. It's not going to stop. Maybe it will be around the percentage it is, but the percentage is astronomically high. Thousands of percent more. I don't even know what it is at anymore, but it's astronomically high from what was normal. Of all of world history, normal. It it was a blip that almost never happened to, to athletes. And now every athlete that's been vaccinated has to worry that they could drop dead playing their sport. And they're not going to show signs necessarily 
that there's something wrong with them. This is monstrous. And then to back up, if you think, ah, that's not enough. You guys, you've been, you're, you're fear-mongering us with the vaccine. Of course, we're not fear-mongering. They fear-mongered you with COVID. Fear-mongered you to make you wear a mask that didn't even protect you. That's how much they fear-mongered people to where they, they put a diaper on their face. And then we get accused of fear-mongering when we give you the truth. The thing you should be afraid of is the vaccine. It, the vaccine should be super scary to you because it's super scary. That's not, that's not me hyping it. The media downplays the most scary vaccine, and it's not a vaccine. It's gene manipulation. They're manipulating your genes. Do you understand how scary that is? They are manipulating their genes, and it's all experimental. And you don't find that scary? Of course you should be scared of that. But they told you to be afraid of a cold you might get a runny nose. You might get a sore throat. You might experience really bad cold symptoms and nobody's ever experienced a cold before. So let's shut all the economy down because people might come down with a cold. And I'm the one fear-mongering. All right. So to back up that this isn't fear-mongering, the vaccine is super scary. It has done a ton of damage and yet still people run out to go get vaccines. I mean, at this point, if you're going and willingly going to get a vaccine, whatever. My attitude is whatever to you at that point. I have warned and warned and warned. At this point, anyone who chooses to get the vaccine now, there's no excuse for you to be, unless you're living under a rock and you just don't know. I guess there are some, there are some people, maybe that are elderly. They don't even have the internet. Okay. Someone who doesn't have the internet and can't look this stuff up. Yeah, I think there still are people out there like that, that they don't know. But for the most part, most people should know by now. So here's Dr. Naomi Wolf talking about a whole different study that's super credible. And yet again, dealing with cardiac issues. This is a big deal for two reasons, this study. One is that it's in a completely unimpeachable source, very mainstream source. PubMed is the database, and the publication is a peer-reviewed publication, Human Vaccinology Immunotherapy, and it's Greg Marchand et al., and the title is Risk of All-Cause in Cardiac-Related Mortality After Vaccination Against COVID-19, a Meta-Analysis of Self-Controlled Case Series Studies. So it's, you know, in, in debating with um, legacy media, debating with you know, loved ones who are scientists or doctors, they often dismiss or discard the work of dissident doctors, dissident researchers, and say it's not authoritative. Well, this is an authoritative publication, even by their standards. The other reason it's a really big deal, Natalie, is the size of the uh, denominator. Um, the self-controlled case series is a meta-analysis, as you mentioned, meaning it's a study of studies. And what these authors did is they took three SCCSs, which are these self-controlled case series studies, uh, investigating the safety of the vaccine. And the subjects then totaled about 750,000 patients. So it's a lot. You can't dismiss it. It's not the numbers you see 
in the Pfizer documents that um, lead them to claim the vaccine is safe and effective, like eight patients or 172 patients. Well, I want to pause it there because it's such a huge point. Remember, Pfizer, even in their own clinical trials, they did small numbers and they they left out. They dropped people out that would made it so that they couldn't have said that their vaccine was safe and effective or they just flat out lied many times. But like eight people in a section of us of, of one of the Pfizer studies. And this is 700 and what did you say? 750,000, something like that. 750,000 people. So, you know, this is a million times more accurate, a million times more reliable. And it's saying what we've been saying for years. These are real numbers. Um, and indeed, what these authors found is that cardiac related mortality is associated, there is a higher risk, an increased risk of cardiac-related mortality um, from the vaccines. And the other uh, finding is that um, males are more likely to die of cardiac-related illnesses than females are. So this is really the first super mainstream, very, very big uh, meta-analysis published in a very mainstream publication to find that heart damage is real um, and attributed to the vaccine and also um, warn that men are more likely to die of damaged hearts from the vaccine than women are. You know, the numbers of cardiac arrests are up. We, we all, everything points to this. I don't know how anyone at this point can not know that the vaccine is the most evil bioweapon ever released on mankind. And even if you can't bring yourself to believe that they did it to you on purpose, then it's the most evil accidental bioweapon to ever been released on mankind. You could at least say that. You could at least say, well, they didn't know they did their best. If you research any ounce of this, you know they flat out lied They knew it was going to hurt people through the animal studies. They knew 100% before they even gave the first injection that they were going to cause people to have myocarditis. They already knew that was going to happen. They knew they were going to affect fertility. They knew they were going to damage your immune system. Every animal study 100% proved that was going to happen. So people can try to... I'm saying... People who are unreasonable, at least they could say, try to say, well, they just didn't know. But we can prove 100%. The Pfizer documents proved. They knew. They didn't do this by accident. They purposefully tried to kill people around the world. You need to ask yourself why. If they knew it was going to happen, they knew that COVID-19 was not deadly and they knew that COVID-19 wasn't really going to kill anyone unless you were already on your deathbed. Then it could. Other than that, nope, everyone else is going to survive. 99% survival rate. So why give someone something so dangerous if you weren't trying to? And we all know one of the number one things that this vaccine does, not through the spike protein, but through the lipid nanoparticles, the thing that they encase and trick your, 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 your cells to take it. Because your body would reject the spike protein. It would not take the instructions. So they encase it in lipid nanoparticles and trick your cell into thinking it's food. 
that lipid nanoparticle encasing is toxic to your body. Those lipid nanoparticles gather in uh, the reproductive organs a lot and cause sterilization in men and women. And we know these people are open about the world is overpopulated and they want to depopulate. And Bill Gates in 2010 openly said through the use of vaccines, they could help depopulate the earth through the use of vaccines, help bring the numbers of the population down. What did he mean? He didn't. I'll be nice and say he didn't even mean murder people like they have with the vaccine. I, I think he just meant sterilization. And I think that's the number one thing this vaccine was meant to do. And then if it kills elderly people or people who are a drag on society because they already have health problems, it's going to save us money anyways in the long run because we're getting rid of the people who have health problems. That's the way I think they look at it. Their motive clearly is depopulation. If it's not depopulation, then you have to tell me why Pfizer would lie knowing that their animal study said all of this would happen but they would lie and push it through anyways. Why your government knew all of this would happen and would lie and push it through any anyways. Why your government lied to you about COVID-19, paid hospitals to drive up the numbers to scare you. Why would they do that? You have to answer the questions, why would they do that? What is their motive? You can't say they didn't do it. You can't say Pfizer didn't lie. They did. We know we have their documents. You can't say the government didn't lie and drive up COVID numbers. And people with broken arms were classified as COVID victims to drive up the numbers. You can't say that didn't happen. That's a fact. Hospitals did it and got paid tons of money to do it. You can't say they didn't bribe the hospitals. It's a fact. They did. And doctors. So the question is, why? If, if it's not to kill you or make you sterile, then give me the reason why they would do it. You see, there is no other answer. But here's how I know for sure I'm right on the answer. They themselves, they have said this throughout the years that this is what they wanted to do. It's not like they didn't say it. They say that, the no, we can't reach, we can't get over 8 billion people in the world. We're going to have to do stuff to make sure we don't go over 8 billion people. We need to, what we need is a mass genocide for future generations. You know what? We're such good people. Future generations might not be able to survive. So what you have to do is slaughter today's generation for future generations. See, they're even lying in that. They know they're not doing it for future generations. They're just evil. They are tools of Satan. Spiritual warfare is real. If, if the COVID vaccine doesn't let you know that Satan is real, then what does? What is Satan's agenda? To kill you. What is the COVID vaccine agenda and all the people behind it? How come they're always the ungodly people? How come they're always the people who are not Christian? How come it's always them doing it? Because they're automatically following Satan. That's why, whether they know it or not, and that's why it's happening. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. I love you guys. See ya. Hey guys, hit the subscribe button right now. Hey guys, our freedom is under attack. I'm sure you're well aware of that. And yet, the loss of freedom is not inevitable america can be saved and an informed citizenry can and will make the difference what you need to do is check out beyond the cover weekly episodes of beyond the cover check them out at the new american 
Com. So you can look at the regular magazine, The New American, but go beyond the cover with Beyond the Cover. Go to thenewamerican.com. Hi, this is Daniela Cambone. Welcome back to the Daniela Cambone Show as we continue our summer series. My guest today is the co-treasurer to RFK's campaign. He's also the founder of Finance Technologies and author of Cause Unknown, Edward Dowd. Welcome back to the show. Good to see you. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Danielle. It's great to be here. So I thought uh, we'd do a little roundup here of some top top news headlines and get your take on things. Let's start uh, with a name we haven't heard uh, from in a while, Sam Bankman-Fried. The former cryptocurrency mogul has campaign financing charges dropped after having five further charges dropped in June. U.S. prosecutors have conceded that their treaty obligations with the Bahamas prevent them from pursuing the charge. Authorities believe that Bankman-Fried conducted a scheme to siphon off customers' deposits and make illegal donations to mostly Democratic candidates. You say, Edward Dowd, that the justice system is set up to protect the uni-party looting operations that have existed for decades. Explain, please. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously... It's become apparent to most people that there's something going on with the justice system. Uh, this uh, Friedman and FTX scandal is in many ways worse than the Bernie Madoff scandal. And uh, they're not pursuing them. And so the question is obviously why. And it has to do with uh, f- uh, campaign donations where money was laundered back to the Democrats. And probably some GOP people uh, will find out as well. So I- I'm of the opinion uh, that... Um, this, this is a, a two-tier justice system. There has been a graft in uh, corruption in Washington for decades. There's lots. I mean, we were in Afghanistan for 20 years, uh, and then we, uh, you know, re- replaced the Taliban with the Taliban when we, when we pulled out. So what was going on there? It was basically a, a spending bonanza. Military contracts were given to th- uh, favored nation status individuals who probably gave kickbacks and campaign donations to politicians. So this... This continues. This has been going on in Washington forever. And now it's naked. It, it, we're getting to the point where it's so naked and apparent uh, that uh, this guy's been cleared of all charges. And it's a joke, in my humble opinion. So how does that vicious cycle ever stop? I mean, if the justice system is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Edward, tell me more about the work you're doing, because I know offline you were saying it finally feels like this whole vaccine thing is coming to a head. I guess my bigger question to you is, is it okay to, do you feel we're at a point now where we can openly challenge the vaccine without being afraid of being shut down? I mean, anyone who has a major YouTube platform or, you know, ever braced the subject of COVID would wake up every morning thinking, you know, have I been shut down? So do you think we're finally at a point where we can openly talk about it? Well, Elon started to pave the way. He opened up Twitter. There's all sorts of uh, information that now is freely exchanged about the vaccine. I do think that slowly things are changing. I did a Dr. Drew show. He's a he's on YouTube. Um, I did the whole show uh, about my recent findings in the UK uh, disability data, which is a disaster. We were able to get down into the granular causes, body system, disability problems, and they're off the hook. They're up, you know, some some area like blood. Blood disorders up 500 percent in 2022 over the the, the trend, um, and cancers are now starting to t- accelerate in 22. All sorts of issues, and I said, "Look, I, forget about what I think it is. It, it just is, and it needs to be investigated and acknowledged by the authorities." So we have this elephant in the room that's getting so bad 
that you don't even need to mention the vaccine. You can just say, forget, forget the vaccine. What is it? And why aren't we talking about it? So we're at the point now where there's, there's going to be a, a national discussion about it. And I think the vaccine is obviously my, uh, 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 I'm not 200% convicted. That's the culprit. I'm willing to admit that I'm wrong. Um, let's say I'm wrong. Let's find out what it is because it's, it's affecting labor markets. It's going to affect, uh, resources from our precious economies that we don't have to take care of the newly disabled. These numbers are not small. We, we added 1.2 million disabled people in the months of May and June in the U.S., according to the U.S. Disability Survey. And how are you able to do that research in this market that's so opaque, hidden and dark that you can correlate these disabilities to the vaccine? Yeah, so we've already correlated them, but, you know, the, the scientists and the doctors and the establishment that are defending this will say correlation is not causation. But on Wall Street, when you, you know, we, we do, we, we come up with what we call the analyst mosaic. If you go to our website, Finance Technologies, and look at all the projects we've done, we have all-cause mortality across Europe, U.S., Canada, not Canada, Australia, Germany, Ireland. And uh, all-cause mortality is up amongst especially the young folks, the working-age folks. Um, we have... Uh, projects we've done on the mRNA clinical trials, linking that to the real-world disabilities, the UK PIP disability data, the US disability data. So we're at the point now where it's kind of a joke to say correlation is not causation. It's so, it's, you, any way you look at it, it looks like when the vaccines were rolled out, lots of things started to happen medically uh, in, in terms of injuries, disabilities, and deaths. The FedNow program has officially been launched. Edward, I know you've done a lot of work on uh, or been very vocal on coming central bank digital currencies. Uh, this is not a central bank currency, digital currency. We've been clear about that. Uh, but is it the first path towards one? Yeah, this is, this is you know, this is absolutely this. This is the setting up the systems, testing it, you know, trying to get people comfortable with it. And it's, uh, you know, they want to do this. This is, this is the establishment, global banking uh, establishment goal. This is a central banking goal. The, the Bank of International Settlements has declared it as a goal. And I think, uh, you know, the time to introduce a central bank digital currency would be in an economic crisis. So I suspect it'll be rolled out as a savior to those uh, in the, amongst us that don't know what's going on. And, and, and it'll be tied, I think, to potentially a UBI if unemployment is super high at the time. Edward, let's end on this note. The last time you were on, I you know, facetiously broke, brought up your, 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 your thoughts on uh, the UFO news at the time. But since then, we've now had a historic UFO testimony. So how seriously is Congress taking it? And, and should we? Well, so I, I, I always start with global debt to explain what's going on in the money system. And the money system needs constant credit creation. And, it, and it's uh, at the point now where it needs bigger and bigger amounts of spending to keep the thing going. And so we had the COVID war, which kept the system up for another two years, but now it's rolling over again. Wouldn't it be great to have a threat so big that the government uh, spending bonanza would, would make COVID, war on terror, uh, uh, yeah, uh, just look like like peanuts. So I'm very cynical, and I look at this as just another another uh, excuse to create more debt, more money, and keep the whole thing going. And I I, I don't buy it for a second personally. Edward Dowd, I appreciate uh, your thoughts. Um, any wild cards out there that you're watching that we should be closely monitoring? 
Um, you know, we're trying to we're trying to figure out uh, what's going on with the banking system. It, you know, just three three and a half months ago, we had two of the largest bank failures on record, and then it's been quiet and people's memories in the financial markets are short. Uh, I don't think that's gone away. I think that's still looming out there. You don't um, uh, keep interest rates low for 14 years without creating a tremendous amount of people reaching for yield, reaching for risk. And I think somewhere uh, down the road, we're going to see more things blow up. And again, I, I don't know the timing, but I'm pretty sure we're going to see more bank failures. We're going to see more pension issues, more, more things starting to unravel. You know, on the ground, anecdotally, uh, you know, our economic indicators are, are, are buried at the moment, indicating a recession coming. And I keep hearing things. I mean, anecdotally, you hear things slowing down all over the place. You, know, you can talk to people that in services, service industries. I'll, I'll use one. Uh, this is kind of a funny one. There's, a, you know, there's an ayahuasca high-end treatment center here on Maui. Of course, you know, ayahuasca in Maui. That makes sense, right? Um, they're uh, getting lots of cancellations, and these are t- these are these are expensive executives. You know, they come to get, do their little ayahuasca trip, and uh, they're canceling. So something something is definitely going on on the real economy. It's been going on for months now, and I think it's going to get worse. Edward Dowd. On that note, I wish you a very uh, good rest of your summer. Thank you for joining us today. Come back soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Daniela. And thank you for watching. We'll have more incredible content coming your way on the summer series. So be sure to stay tuned to the Daniela Cambone show and sign up at danielacambone.com. That's it for me. Thanks for watching.